0: This was round two with my guest Beth Erickson, the founder and editor of Filbert Publishing. We had a great conversation the first time, so I'm a little bummed I couldn't bring it to you, but it sounded like she was in a train tunnel. In the redo, we got all the good stuff packed in, did it in a little bit less time, and had a great fun conversation. So I know you're going to love this podcast. I do want to turn your attention to something monumental, huge, and important, and that is pre-orders for the seven-figure marketing mindset for novelists. That's right. my book is available for pre-order on Amazon. You can just go to Amazon. I will have a link in the show notes. That's the seven-figure marketing mindset for novelists. It's $7.99 for the ebook. but here's the deal. If you order the book and send me proof of purchase to my email at jodyjsperling at gmail.com, I will give you a copy of the audiobook for free one month ahead of the publication date, that's right, you'll get a free copy of the audiobook one month ahead of the publication date if you send me proof of purchase for the ebook, The Seven Figure Marketing Mindset for Novelists. So please do go into the show notes, grab yourself a copy. It is a book I am so proud of and so excited to share with you. Without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Beth Erickson. Hey, I'm the Reluctant Book Marketer, and I've got just one question for you. Do you see your novel as a million-dollar asset? Because if you don't, and you want to, you're in the right place. This is the only show for novelists who want to shift their mindset away from fear and toward abundance. Because you can sell more books than you ever dreamed when you believe in what you're doing.
1: I think the best advice I ever got concerning marketing books is from Robert W. Bly. I think we talked a little bit about him last time. See, I, I'm so glad when I remember something, <laughs> I'm so glad when I remember something It's coming back to me. Um, he always says that imperfect marketing will always trump perfect, not getting it done.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so
1: to me that there are so many different ways to market there mm-hmm. are there are you know there's millions of them i i i would believe but most of them don't suit me okay i am a horrible introvert i am at marketing it, it gives it gives me hives i i get hmm. hives on my arms um but you know what i can do i can help people i'm a middle child And when, when someone's in trouble, I'm like,
0: here I come to save the day.
1: I can help people. And that's how I approach marketing. And I can do it comfortably because I believe so much in the books that we publish and I know they're going to help somebody. And I know they will probably help you. And I know that they've got great information and I can, I can talk about them from here to eternity. So I guess that's probably the first thing is you have to really believe in your project, which is really hard for many Mm. writers because we have, um, you know, oh my God, just this past week, uh, one of our authors got triple one starred on, on Audible and it broke her heart.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I was like, you know, I guess that wasn't our... That, that that's not our um, audience obviously yeah you know e- either something wrong got targeted or maybe we you know maybe that person just stumbled on us or whatever mm-hmm. um even I like this us business because as a publisher I always feel like it's such a collaboration that you know even yeah. though I'm like invisible and I'm doing my bit it's, it's always us when you hear the authors they're like it's, it's not but that's okay and that's what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. but you know marketing you, you have to be comfortable with it and and that sounds like really elementary and it seems really stupid i think but if you're not comfortable with it you're not going to do it and if you don't mm. do it then we're back to that imperfect marketing will always trump doing nothing yeah you know, your book isn't going to sell itself that's just those days are so far done it's not even mm-hmm. funny you can't just put a book up on amazon and think that the amazon gods are going to smile on you
0: right yeah if you were one of the lucky first people to adopt tiktok or twitter or really any of the social media uh directories you would have you would have been famous just by being there um if you're an early adopter but that's not the case with publishing and but anyway. how
1: long is that famousness that's the thing is there longevity in that type of fame right you know Can you name name some of the first people who made it big on TikTok? Name some of the people who really sold a million books on Twitter. Or are they kind of going, hey, wait a minute, what happened? You know?
0: Yeah. And I'm not, I think that they're there. So you've got you've got like the really big, the billionaire people like Gary Vaynerchuk, absolutely, because of his his idea that he's going to just use up the social media outlet, whatever it is. Until there's nothing left of it, I think that he he is probably an example of somebody who built most of his marketing and his brand on social media, just being there. But he also had the awareness that even after the 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 format changed, he was going to continue to show up places. And I think that that's you're absolutely right. If you if you're an early adopter, but then you don't do anything to sustain, yeah, you're mm-hmm. just a puff of smoke, I guess.
1: You really do have to sustain, and it's and sometimes you know um, you. I, I, just talking about publishing you know in the in the good old days uh my favorite author is john hassler and he he churned out a book every two years you mm. know and okay cool thank you mr hassler he was awesome and i love mm-hmm. I, I still well he's passed away now um and then when i kind of got into marketing then well oh, maybe you should probably publish yearly and oh maybe four times a year and then there are now oh, those that grief. are published every month um yeah. That, that's, what, that's what goes back to doing what you're comfortable with and mm-hmm. being able, I, I've known authors who do only do four books a year only. Oh my goodness. Um, and some, I know one, uh, Jamie Crump, oh, that's not her, Jamie Albright. That's, I, I almost did her real name. Um, Jamie Albright, she does like a book a year, but she's, she's just out there, you know, and she's being herself, doing fun things that is so her and she's so comfortable with. And mm. she's able to do very well. And so it, it, that's why these rules, you know, you got to do monthly or you got to do quarterly. I, I've seen authors do very well doing what they love to do. That's the key, because if you force yourself to do something, you're not going to do it. You're going back to Bob's thing. Imperfect marketing will always trump doing nothing. So if you're, if you're going to release once a year or whatever, then plan on doing a whole lot of fun stuff. Keep your people entertained. Release a yeah. short story here and there. Do what you can do and don't kick yourself for the things you cannot do. Because if you cannot do it, that just means you can't do it. Yeah. And don't force
0: yourself. I want to, I want to dig into this because I think that there's, there's something here that it, it's pesky for me personally. So for one, I, I want to say that it's really fun how you're hitting on, uh, a. Previous episode I did was titled Action Beats Inaction. It's the Mm -hmm. exact same thing that you're talking about. To do something is always better than to do nothing. So even if you don't have the perfect idea of what it looks like to market effectively, get out there and just continue to get out there. Um, The more trial and error you take, the better you'll get at it. But even the crummy stuff is better than not having stuff. Um, Now you're talking about what you can do and what you can't do. And I feel like in some ways, the longer I've been doing my podcast, the more I'm starting to get, I want to be careful about the language I use, but almost antagonistic against the idea of can't do so. Ah. Part, and, and here's my reason for it. Part mm-hmm. of the podcast is, is mindset. I'm really interested in the mindset of, of say, Stephen King um, or uh, James Patterson or Joanna Lindsay. What's the mindset that enabled them to be as successful and as sustaining as they have? Did they ever make a choice to be like, hey, I don't love this, but I'm going to figure out a way to be able to do it because the vision is enduring.
1: I got the answer. Okay, I'm ready. I was just editing. I, I have a book coming out called Polaris. It's about using the knowledge within you to guide you towards whatever it is you were born to do. Mm-hmm. And I, in, in it, and I just edited this, I gave the example of riding a bike. I have a niece and she was learning how to ride her bike. And she had this little thing and she would hop on it and she'd run, 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 run. And um, she was developing muscles she didn't know she had. Mm. And so when she got to her next bike, which was a little bigger. It was, a, you know, um, she had developed these muscles and that big bike that would have been impossible earlier. And mm. she couldn't do, but mm. she developed the muscles to be able to ride that bike. Beautiful. Now, you know, going, she's in, at 13 years old now, and she's got a, you know, three quarter size bike, so to speak. And I mean, the, the thought of Getting on that three quarter size back when she was doing the little one without even having the pedals, where they just like, Have you ever seen the right? Yeah, glide. Um, I wish I could have had that when I was learning how to ride a bike. Uh, I just bought a big old electric assist bike that's 50 pounds. If I had handed that to her when she was young, there's no way I would, way have, she, I would, I would yeah. have made someone who hated bike riding. She couldn't do it, mm. she didn't have the muscles developed to do it. And so, as your things I could not, could not do earlier, I am able to do now because I've developed beautiful. the mindset and the muscles and the knowledge to be able to. Mm-hmm.
0: It's beautiful. Yeah. I, I love, you, you're absolutely right. You do have the answer. That is and anybody who's listening. I love when someone says they have the answer because then you better have the answer. And you did have the answer is that you have to build towards certain things. You do, I, and, and,
1: and, But you don't even know you're doing it.
0: because she had so
1: much fun riding that little run-along bike and she has so much fun riding her her old dented one that she she loves her three-quarter size one and someday she'll probably love the electric assist Mm -hmm. but to start on the electric assist would have been disastrous
0: right yeah
1: and she physically couldn't do it you're building muscles all that you should see my legs after i got my electric (laughs) assist holy cow i went to the bike shop and i He's like, you like your back? I said, look at my legs. He's like, Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because I have been, uh, I was an avid runner when I was a younger man. Um, before I got married, I used to run on a daily basis, always loved it, really enjoyed the, the mental effects of it. But somewhere along the way, I started having issues with shin splints and I like, no matter what I did, I couldn't beat it. Uh, and so I recently discovered uh barefoot running in a, um, <gasps> you know somebody who who has a shoe company that specializes in zero drop shoes and mm-hmm. you do the whole barefoot running thing now the issue is i i was like okay i feel a lot of pain in my ankle area but not my shins i'm not going to get shins once from this and so i was really excited and i'm telling my wife like i'm not going to be injured anymore i feel muscle pain because i've never used these muscles before but now for the last 2 weeks it looks like i'm wearing fleshy ankle bracelets like there's no, so much no. swelling around my ankles that I'm like, what? am I just destined to not be able to run? Or do you just have to push through this pain? Stay tuned for that. But I think that it's relevant yeah. to what you just said is, I think that there are things that we do sometimes, like you said, your niece loved what she was doing. And so mm-hmm. she did it without even knowing she was developing the muscles. I think sometimes people will have to do things that are uncomfortable. Like you said, you were an introvert. If you want to get really good at marketing in person to a group of people, you're going to have to take a step out that feels uncomfortable to you. That's kind of like your swollen ankles, right? But it can be something small. It doesn't have to be, I want to command this entire room and make them all laugh, but maybe it's talking to one person that I normally would avoid. Is that a reasonable idea?
1: I would say it's reasonable, but I would also say that I do speak to large groups of people. hmm 10 years ago I would have died.
0: Right. Yeah. And it. that's what I'm getting at. Get and talk to me yeah. about how you started because you do now, really but small
1: start one-on-one going mm-hmm. on and on. And then, you know, like I said, I was developing muscles. I didn't even know I had. And then by all of a sudden one day I'm just like speaking up there thinking, hold on. Oh my, this is yeah. fun. You know, I, I am still a huge introvert and I'm exhausted afterwards, mm-hmm. but at, you know, in that moment, it's amazing, you know, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and one of I think one of the misunderstandings because the the whole discussion about introverts and extroverts right now is more popular than I think it's ever been. But one of the I think one of the misconceptions is if you're an introvert that you can't uh, be social, you can't extrovert yourself. When I think in reality, the only question is how do you plug in? Where do you go to get recharged? And if you you recharge
1: your battery, yeah,
0: if you recharge alone, then that means you're at heart an introvert. And if you recharge in company, then you're an extrovert. And I think that's kind of the big deal.
1: I know. So the, you know, talk, 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 talk. And it's kind of like, whoo, you know, Yep. I, well, I'm going home now. Yeah. I'm going to pet my dog and we're going to, we're going to have a conversation.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm having a day like that. This is the, the fourth podcast that I've done and it doesn't usually happen this way. No, it's great. I'm like, I'm amped up and I feel like I'm kind of really dialed in, but when I'm finished with this conversation, I'm going to disappear for a little bit. I'm going to have a
1: hot cocoa and popcorn. <laughs>
0: That's right. A little too warm for that here still, but, uh, Oof. you know, so you started Filbert publishing to bring a message to an audience that you didn't think was served. Talk to me a little bit about, uh, the things you didn't know that you wish you would have known when you embarked on that journey.
1: Oh, see. I, um, Writing, et cetera, and Philbert Publishing launched in two thousand and one. So I've been at this for quite a while. Um, at the time, there just wasn't really great information out there, um, and it's only gotten worse, I'm afraid. As far as you know, the pay-to-play publishing houses. Hmm. I want to tread lightly because there's a there's a time and a place for everything. But at the time, yep. at the time, you know people would spend $25,000 to get one book published. And Mm -hmm. that was, in my opinion, a little bit predatory. I think that um, we need to, as publishers, be very careful because we are handling somebody's dream. Mm. And when you are entrusted with somebody's dream, you kind of sort of want to do right by them and you don't want to screw them over. Um, you are a writer. You can tell me what the chances are of a first time author recouping that investment on their first book.
0: Yeah. Um, and and I'm, I'm hoping to close that gap. That's kind of why I exist is to hopefully help people to understand what's out in front of them. Cause I think, and, and this isn't exactly the question you asked, so I'm going to give it back to you really quickly, but uh, if you believe by any means that writing a great book and having just published your dream is all you need to do to get readers, you're in for a rude awakening, no matter how you do it. Um, I, maybe, maybe, uh, field of dreams did us all a disservice, um, because you have to to do much. Yeah. You have to do much more than build it. So, um, but yeah, the chances are, are almost none. I think at last statistic that I knew, the average first-time book sold fewer than 50 copies. I believe that that's the case. It was just presented in court
1: yeah, by it? Like Penguin Random House. Uh,
0: yeah, it was 24 or something like that. So, and it's it's Simon and Schuster and who else are in court right now? So this is officially on record that the average book uh, is yeah. selling fewer than 50 copies.
1: That's um, right. And so, I mean, when when I started my company, we were we were, are and we're considered what are called traditional publishers,
0: mm-hmm. in
1: that we um, we make money when we sell books, so we have to be really careful what we take on because yeah. you know, uh, locally I will admit um, a few senior citizens have just wanted to have a book and Christmas copies, and so we we will help them with that, but um, sure. You know, that's that's a totally different thing. But as far as, you know, officially and online and dealing with book bookstores and such, we don't take on many authors, but the ones we do, we generally don't charge them. We do it all and then we make money when the book sells. And if the book doesn't sell, we're just kind of bummed. <laughs> and so we talk a lot about marketing and finding mm-hmm. comfortable ways for people to market, you know, mm-hmm. it's... It's all. It's it's a. There's a lot more finesse to it than just you know popping on Facebook and saying buy my book and then abandoning the whole thing again. It's a, the whole yep. know me like me trust me buy from me philosophy. They have to get to know you, and they have to actually. You have to be likable in, to uh-huh. them in some way, uh, unless you're political. Then it seems like anything goes. Some of those people are very <laughs> unlikable, and they sell a lot. And I'm not talking politics here. Um, you know, know me like me trust me buy from me. And the good thing about that is, is that a book is not a huge investment, so the the like bar is a little lower, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Not everyone loves me. Isn't that hard to believe? That coming in. That's
0: right. <laughs> what I think is is more surprising is that you said a book is not a huge investment, and while I agree with you, I think that a book is one of the hardest things to sell right now, and I think that's why so many authors are struggling with realizing that. Uh, pressing the publish button is is really hardly even the start of a journey. Um, you oh, have yeah. to convince people to spend six to eight hours with this this object. You do have
1: a point, but you're not selling a book. You never sell a book. Oh my goodness! Right. If I if I sold books, I would not sell anything. You have to sell a solution. You have to yep. sell the information. You have to you know, it's in the whole trusting thing that you're going to give them good information that is going to be applicable to their Mm. life. I've purchased quite a, Oh, okay. We can't let my husband know any of this. So we got to (laughs) talk on the down low, but I buy way too many books. And I have discovered that when I put them on my Kindle, he'll never find them. (laughs) Yeah. And so, but a lot of them, I don't know. I'm very disappointed because there are so many books out there that are, they tell you the what, but, and this is an old copywriting trick is you, mm-hmm. you you give away the what but these people are selling the what but they're not they're gonna they want upsells to sell you the how mm-hmm. and so books have kind of turned into a bit of a big old sales page we used to call Ooh, them megalogs. Awesome.
0: yes I'm, I'm i'm actually glad you brought that up i didn't necessarily want to talk about that but you are absolutely right i'd love to at least Yeah. Underline and highlight that point that if you're writing a book as a way to get somebody pulled into your business funnel, shame on you.
1: I agree. High five. Kabong. (laughs) Um, That books, because I've been in it so long, they're a little more sacred to me than you know, if, if I'm gonna give you a megalog, do you remember megalogs? Are you are you old enough to be a megalog person? I may
0: be, except for I still don't remember them. So it could yeah, they be They come that in I'm the mail
1: not... and they're really thick and you read them and the, the whole thing is designed to make you sign up for something expensive. Yeah. And so the megalog has moved over to actual books where people actually buy these things. Mm-hmm. I've even seen them in bookstores. Yeah. And it's like that's not a book. That's, right. a, that's a that's part of that like you said it's the beginning of someone's funnel mm-hmm. and that does bother me
0: yeah there's nothing
1: i can do about it and and we're not going to do that right it's okay to mention you know come to my website i don't have any problem with that but yeah you know so what I do in for five grand.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's, that's such a conversation. I'm not jumping off that cliff, Beth. Um, but I, I, I do in my book, I, I mention on the cover that I am the host of the reluctant book marketer. I want my book to bring people into my world. I want them to see that I'm not just writing this book, but that I have the podcast itself. But Mm -hmm. I also have have been pretty vocal about saying, um, if I ever do offer any kind of course, it will be a very specific thing, and I'm going to charge you an extremely reasonable amount of money, like twenty dollars, to learn this very specific thing. And the book will never withhold any information. If I write a book, all the information I currently possess on that subject is going to be in that book. I think think that's really important.
1: I think the differentiation should be made. I almost I almost couldn't say differentiation. Yeah. I think the differentiation should be made that, you know, what you're talking about is a business
0: yeah.
1: and, 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 you know, that I, I could walk into your store and I would buy the $20 course. What we're talking about, however, is yep. the big sales funnel where, exactly. where people aren't customers, they're prospects yes. where these prospects come in and they're, and they're going to get bombarded with mm-hmm. offers that aren't 20 bucks. We're talking, you know, I've seen funnels that go as high. Oh, I, Oh, here, here's an example. I, I got into a funnel.
0: Mm-hmm. A,
1: face, a Facebook ad put me in a funnel.
0: <laughs> oh, believe it.
1: I know <laughs> it was a $4 book and I I liked the book. And I thought, mm-hmm. I like this guy. I really do. Mm-hmm. And, um, next thing, you know, the Oh, they, they were going to help me for free and I didn't bite. I, I just, I watched the, um, I watched mm-hmm. the emails come in, the, right. we used to call them autoresponders. What are they? Drips now, I think they're called. Yeah. The drips are dripping in and, um, and uh, every now and then just one will come out of the blue and they'll say, Hey, we're looking for someone who will be a copywriter for us. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a copywriter. So I'll look at that. And they're like, Ooh, Hard sell you gotta know how hard the 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 copywriter advertisement Mm. was so diametrically different from their emails Mm. i almost got whiplash because these are all like oh we're great and these are like you gotta close as many every week blah 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 blah, and you and our sales stuff runs anywhere from five thousand dollars to seventy six thousand dollars i'm like going, someone would spend twenty seventy six thousand dollars yeah i mean uh you know what you see is different than what's going on behind the scenes, apparently mm-hmm. in that situation. But I was trying to figure out what I would possibly have in my funnel. That would be $76,000. And I don't know, maybe my cat.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and I, I wouldn't, would... she's priceless. So I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. So I don't know. Um. So yeah, what you're talking about is different than what I'm talking I... about when I'm talking about, Megalogs. Yeah. I, I mean, An we're both talking about person. the same
0: thing, but I think, I think that's where it's really important to make the differentiation is that there are, there are uh, times and places for certain product to be monetized and treated like a business. And mm-hmm. then there are other times where so, for example, there's there's a couple of people I really enjoy listening to because they have great mindsets that I I feel like feed me. But at the same time, they talk about the the urgency. For example, if you want to sell a lot of something, you have to make it urgent. So this offer is only good for the next twenty four hours, and then we have to unfortunately double our prices and those kind of things. To me, false they, they scarcity. Begin to that's feel, another one. Yes, false scarcity. We only have ten of these left. I hate that kind of stuff, and I believe. I believe very, very much though. I don't have the answer to this. And if you do, I'd love to hear it, that there's a better way to market ourselves, to sell our products, to sell our books, to sell our message, to get our information out into the world and to be, um, reasonably compensated for our efforts.
1: Absolutely. Because we all have to make a living. You know, my husband is looking at retirement now and, um, yeah, you, you have to, you have to put money away. I mean, you, we live in a world where, yeah, you're going to need money and I don't want to donate all of my time, even though I love publishing. If it's not profitable, I can't do it. Right. And yep. so, yeah, we, we have things we charge, we charge for our books and we do have courses and I try to make it as fair as I can without, you know, great information for a great price, you know, a fair yeah. price. Yep. that's one thing that I, I did learn also from Bob Bly is he he's got some fantastic courses, but he keeps his prices real in line and, and very doable. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, to get information from someone as um, he, he's been copywriting forever in a day and I have a he's the author of like one hundred and twenty five books. I mean, I he could teach me a few things, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And he's also super nice,
0: which is which is important, I very think very important. But it's um,
1: going back to the reluctant marketing and how do we do it? They, it mm-hmm. goes, I, I love my conversations. With you because they always loop right back to the beginning where we taught, where I said, you have to find something that you're comfortable doing. And for yeah. me, I am very comfortable helping. I can help. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness. You got an issue. I can help. Here's a book. Here's yeah. this resource. Here's this resource. I can do that. And, and I'm very comfortable doing it. Yeah. You just have to find your sweet spot. And it probably isn't where my sweet spot is because you're not an old lady who is getting real tired. (laughs) I'm so tired.
0: I want to talk to you about two things. Um, One I want to wait for is the price of books. Um, I think that we're living in a world right now where we're pricing ebooks for like 99 cents to get people through the door. So I want to discuss that. I also want to discuss uh, this idea of nice or of helping people. So there's been, I think, a continuing theme on my show. I had uh, Becky Robinson. I think I referenced her quite a bit. I hope uh, she knows how much I admire her work. I had uh, Thomas J. Beleza on my show. He talks about the idea of serving and serving and giving and giving and giving. And it's something that's really important to you as well. When I think about myself as a marketer, I think about myself, I think, at least this is how I think of myself as somebody who connects. So as I move along, I meet you and I say, oh, Beth, you and Becky should talk. Or, oh, Thomas, you and uh, Jim should talk. And I'm doing a little bit of connecting as I'm moving along. I don't think about the, the, the give necessarily. It's not that language in my head. Do you think that there are different versions of marketers out there where you don't have to be predatory, but maybe you don't think I don't know what I'm asking. I'm having a really hard time with this one. I know there's, it's an important question. So I hope that I we can. I think there's a
1: word for it called coopetition. Okay. I've talk heard, yeah.
0: Me, talk to me about that. I don't, I don't know.
1: Coopetition is what it, it's, it's acknowledging that my writing life is so different from your writing life that we're actually not in competition. Okay. And by helping one another, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's like the, the tide rises all boats. That's yes. the way I look at it. I'm In the end at the end of my career, the end of my life, the the, um, it, it's, it's a solo marathon, mm-hmm. a race against myself, not against you. Mm-hmm. We're Definitely. all running along the same path on our own little marathons. And I'm always delighted to meet people yeah. who are just as crazy as I am to think we can do this yeah, because we are the ones that are, making a difference in the world. We're the ones making the world a little bit better. Mm-hmm. We're the ones acknowledging the goodness. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, some last time I, I complained about my corner of Twitter, how much I disliked it. And you were like, yes. oh, do this, blah, 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 right. blah. That transformed my Twitter. Yeah, that's great. I like going to Twitter now because I I get to see things I love instead. Thank you for that. You, you yeah. just that little, <laughs> that one little recommendation. Yeah. changed my entire internet
0: That's experience.
1: Great. I would look at the oh god, I got to go to Twitter and I can't stand well and you, yeah. Right. Yep. It was yeah. and this this is how we help one another and this is how and I think you introduced me to somebody and it was awesome and yeah. And yeah, no, I, you're not using people but you're you're opening doors. I mean, we're yeah. door openers if you look at it that way.
0: I do look at it that way. I I really do look at it that way and I also I there's something I'm slightly unsettled. And the reason I feel like I can talk to you about this, where I can't necessarily talk to everybody that I have a conversation with is because you come across in this absurdly genuine way. Well, there's no question. You're not trying to be subversive. You're not trying to use service or kindness in any way to get anything from anybody. I mean, when we talk about business, you say, yes, this is a business, but your way of marketing is by helping people, I think sometimes I hear a message where people want to sound like that. And it's, it's going right back to that $5,000 masterclass that you're taking is people pull on your heartstrings. They make you feel lacking. And then they say, I want to help you. Mm. And then that word, right. Becomes predatory. And so I think in my mind, I'm actually on high alert when people start to use that language of like,
1: Oh,
0: how you actually, what, what's your goal? Does that make any sense? Have you run into that before or how does that fit? Okay.
1: All the time, all the time, seriously. Um, Well, thank you for the compliment. Don't really (laughs) know what to do with it. Um, But no, I was, I I am a middle child. Yeah. And we came, I came from a very religious family and I was trained from day one to be the helper. And so I'm just being who I am because I don't know how to be anything else. Sometimes that bites me in the butt. I will just tell yeah. you that right now. Seriously, I have uh, just really I've got bruises like you wouldn't believe. But the worst to, you know, worse than that would be if I got all ugly and hard, though, you know, mm-hmm. you—you've you, there are quite a few people, not quite a few. There are a number of authors that I've worked with that I've had to just send on their way with with my mm-hmm. blessing. And that's just, that's just what you got to do because I don't want to change who I am. And I'm too old for that crap. Um, (laughs) You keep saying you're so old, but you're
0: not that old. (laughs) Oh my God. You won't believe how
1: old I'll be on my next birthday. And my husband's going to retire soon. Seriously. Yeah. You can thank my mom, for my not gray hair. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, um, yeah, seriously, I can't remember what I was going to say. No, it's a tough business. Yeah. I, I I'm not going to lie. It, it writing can be brutal and there are a lot of sharks. And yeah. I have associated myself with a bunch of them and regretted it sorely mm-hmm. when I realized, oh, yeah. They aren't genuine.
0: Right? <laughs> <You> I know. <laughs> yeah, it's a t- uh, it's it pretty a tough easy
1: thing. to spot them. I mean, you just have to kind of, you know, there there's a certain aspect of writing that kind of draws them and so you just kind of mm-hmm. watch that section from afar and yeah and um and understand that you are enough you have Mm. everything you need to do a really great job at your job jody because it's in you already because it's in your heart It's what my whole book my whole book it's not oh yes i can talk about it uh it's it's polaris it's it's that it's that whatever that is in you that makes you write this what makes you get up every morning and do this crazy job whatever Mm. it is whether you're a dancer whether you're Believe it or not, my husband's Polaris is a sheet metal worker. Mm. He grew up loving that stuff. And, you know, I, I so honor that because I think if the whole world were sheet metal workers, we'd be very sad. But if the whole world were writers, oh, would we ever be sad? If we wouldn't get right. any. We'd all be neurotic. Yeah. <laughs> How can I help you? Can I help you? Why don't you need my help? Why would you need my help?
0: You know, that's that's my that's my uh song right there is please. I have the best story. You have to listen to my story. Um, and I've I've been told at various times by various people that that's not a good enough reason to write a book. And I'm like, well, I'm a fiction writer. And I think it's the perfect reason you know what, to write a book.
1: Do you want to know what... I I am really trained in copywriting, seriously. And the best way to write a lead, and I did this all the time because I didn't like to lie in my stories, but I, I like to catch attention by telling stories. Yeah. Whenever you, people love stories, they just... Mm-hmm. When when you they sit down and you you I got a story. They're like, "Ooh, tell me the story." You yes, know?
0: exactly. Yeah, we and love stories. so I mean,
1: as a writer, you have got such an edge over all of the pseudo genuine pretending. I'm a great marketer. Oh, by the way, all these great marketers. Big thing I learned. I think we talked about this last time. All the smoke and mirrors. It's not real. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not real. Not ninety nine percent of it. I don't think is real. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I told you how my mentor told me to uh, walk into Tiffany's and get a bag, just get a bag and then walk out and yes, get a bag. That's right. And I was like, Hey, I, li- I live in the middle of Minnesota. We don't have Tiffany's. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I don't even know.
1: I'm i not sure I can find one. Yeah. B I could go to Elmquist Jewelers and they would look at me like I was insane. If I just asked for a bag, I'm not going mm-hmm. to, they-, they know me. They call my mom and say, what is what on well, earth? have a bag. <laughs>
0: Yeah. But but the way that the way that people will look at you if you are driving your Lamborghini or carrying around your Tiffany's bag is is what they think that they want to achieve. They want you to look prestigious instead of being prestigious, um, which may be at least 30 percent of the reason we have a pandemic or epidemic, I should say, of uh, imposter syndrome.
1: I'm, I'm living my dream. And it has nothing to do with a car that I may or may not own. It has nothing to do with possessions. It has everything to do with, I love helping people. And I feel like my publishing house helps people.
0: Yeah. For me, I want, I want expansion. I really do. It's a deep longing in my heart. I want a million people to read my books, Uh, 10 million people. I want, I want uncountable numbers of people to read my books. And that is a desire that I have. It's something I've come to accept is not necessarily common of everybody. And that part of the people that start to, to surround me will have that kind of genetic imprint that they just want to expand And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just this like hunger. Let me know when it's out.
1: You let me know when it's out. I'll do my bit. I can help.
0: Yes, I will.
1: You'll have a Um, helper on your team.
0: Yes, I will. Uh, I remember you saying that, and that actually was part of what provoked the question was, I remembered you saying that you would lend me your email list to, to give a shout out to my book. And I just thought that's absurd. I can't offer anything of that value back. And as that moment, when I think you're going to help me, what do I give back? And then I think that's the sense that we're all fighting with of, um, maybe I don't have to have a quantifiable thing that I give back. Maybe I just have to come to you in the spirit of knowing that if you offer me something, I'm going to have true gratitude toward you. um, And that I'm not going to misuse your kindness. I think that has to be at least a piece of that puzzle.
1: Definitely. Definitely. And, but the thing is when, when you do offer you, you really should not expect something in return. Right. I mean, again, going back to my childhood, it's, This is how we make a nice world.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, we just, we have to be kind to one another. And when I was starting out, oh my gosh, the people who helped me, Dan Case from Writing for Dollars was an amazing mentor and he did Hmm. so much to help me. And one day he just disappeared and I don't know where he is. I can't find him. Yeah. One day he just, he just quit sending out his zine and Oh, geez. Shut everything down. I don't know if he got sick. And so whenever, I mean, I, I'm like, you know, we need, we need to, Dan is not here right now. We need a Dan in the world.
0: Mm. Wow. That's sad. It's sad to know. That I he, know. Yeah. He packed up shop. He is
1: and was amazing. I don't know what happened.
0: Well, Dan, if you're out there and you're listening, <laughs>
1: yeah, that's really. looking for you. <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, Mr. Case, Dan Case, writing Dan for dollars. Case. That was an amazing zine. I have to find it.
0: Uh, I want to, I want to wrap up with this last piece of the question, because I think there's something really important. I'd love to hear your take on it. 99 cent eBooks, uh, <gasps> discount books, the whole thing. Is it necessary? Is there a place for it? Uh, how does it help? How does it hurt?
1: Okay. Is there a place for where um, you need to be very strategic with stuff like that? You really do be very, very careful. Um, if you're completely unknown, sometimes it's helpful this changes you know if someone listens Mm -hmm. to this six months from now i will probably have different advice and if you'd listen six months earlier i would have had different advice i just finished um if i'm gonna have something free let's start with free and i do Mm -hmm. have um i do have some free books i don't i try not to have them free on amazon okay and but i will offer them free using like book funnel to build my list
0: yes yeah
1: so that is kind of how I have been using it. Um, it used to work out very well to have them free on, um, on Amazon, except I think people are just filling their e-readers and not mm-hmm. really reading. I'm not yeah. seeing the sell-through that we used to have across you know, all of our titles. Mm-hmm. And so um, th- there is discoverability. People do download the free stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm not convinced they're reading it. I don't know how many free books do you have on your e-reader?
0: Yeah. That, so I'm, I'm a little bit newer to that game. And uh, my friend, Rich Hosek, who, who's a guest on the show is the one who convinced me to do this, but he's like, Hey, if you see an author giving a free promo away, pick up the book because at least they get a sale out of it and that helps their, their stats. So I've become fairly religious about doing that. But yeah, the, the result is that I probably have a good 200 books on my, my e-reader that I've I don't think I'll ever get around to reading. I'm sorry, everybody whose book I downloaded. I don't have that kind of time.
1: But like you said, you did help the ranking and all that kind yep. of stuff. And but there comes a point where the rankings are, you know, you got the 30 day cliff and the 90 day mm-hmm. cliff, and I'm not sure how that affects yeah. the cliffs the, because they're always changing the algorithms. And that's not mm-hmm. something I have really chosen to. Um, we really rock it in the world of direct sales. We like direct sales the best using yeah. Payhip, and then we can do an, an upsell. For the you know, get the ebook or the audio book for like four or five bucks, you mm-hmm. know, and it makes it worth our while, and it makes it worth you know, it gives more royalties to the author as well. Yeah. So, but you know, and ninety nine cent books only if they're like real short. We have had a little better luck with read through on a ninety nine cent book because I think there's that little and that teeny yeah, tiny investment
0: paid that you feel like you want to get something out of it.
1: It's kind of like you um. Putting the quarter in the cart at Aldi.
0: Yes. That exactly. quarter will,
1: will get you back and to get, you know, that that 25 cents makes people walk that extra 50 feet to return the cart.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: You know, it's it's the same concept in my mind. Mm. Um, the 99 cent book, but it has a, you know, a full-length novel. I'm a little slower to, to 99 cent it because mm. ooh, that's that's just insulting to the author. I've had yeah. authors go, Oh, are you kidding me? I right. two years of my life. And it's like, oh, uh, okay. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I think it's true. And that's, I think the hardship for me is that we're already fighting a really bad uphill battle to get authors to embrace the value of of the book. Um, I talked to too many authors who are like, I just want the world to read my book. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You have to understand that if that's your attitude, you just begged somebody. And I mean, begging is never a pretty look on anybody. So if you really want the world to read your book, stop begging and start telling them, pony up, this is a great book. And if you buy it, you're going to enjoy it. I I never buy a book that I don't expect I'll enjoy. Especially
1: when you have a list, you kind of train your list as to what to expect payment wise when it comes to books. Yep. You know, I don't know many people who would put out, you know, an 80,000 word book and then just blah.
0: Uh, that's great. Okay. Perfect moment to, to wrap up. So tell everybody, uh, sounds like you have a new book coming.
1: It is called Polaris harnessing your intuition to rediscover your life purpose. And it's all about, you know, growing up in Minnesota, Minnesota's motto is the North star state. And of course the North star is Polaris and we spend our lives up here looking for Polaris and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's a way of um guiding your no matter where you are in the Northern hemisphere, you can find your way home if you can find Polaris. Hmm. And so I've always come from this faith tradition that you're not here for no reason. You are here for a very important reason. And once you rediscover that you feel so whole. And Hmm. it's kind of like when I found, when I began doing Filbert publishing and you talked a little bit about how I I mean, I honestly love my job and I honestly Mm. love my authors. I think they're the nicest people in the world. Everything about Filbert Publishing lets me know that I am living my life purpose,
0: Mm. period. And I
1: don't ever have to question that. Money comes and goes. Sometimes some years are great. Some years aren't so great. And it's all just like an ebb and flow of life because that's what life is. And that's kind of what the book is about. I think anybody... Can have that. It's a matter of acknowledging who you are and Mm -hmm. that siren song in your heart. And it's it's this no. And we spend so much time. I did too for many years, just trying to be what other people thought I should be, or what who I thought I should be, or do what other people think I should do. Because having a little publishing company in the middle of Minnesota in a town of 500 people is nuts, Mm. and it is. It's totally crazy. But that's what I love about it, you know, yeah, because that's me, and that's what the book is about. It's about accepting who you are mm. without reservation because you are you you you're awesome, and it sounds you know it sounds silly, but it's true,
0: no, it and so it sounds silly
1: that'll that'll be out in the next couple months or so and and it's awesome. um, yeah, and it's it's all about intuition, and it's that little voice that is so quiet and it's easy to drown out. And mm. yet it's so damn persistent.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is so yeah, it, that's uh, what the book is about. Available for pre-order? Mm, soon. Soon. Okay. Soon. Well, you're gonna have to send me an email when it's available for pre-order, so I can make sure to link it in my show notes.
1: Oh, here's some nice.
0: So, and I'll get everything in there as well. Links to Filbert Publishing, um, and your socials as well. Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. No, you're so. being all generous. Well, that's just, that's just the minimum, the very bare minimum. I try never to do more than the bare minimum.
1: Ah, you're funny. (laughs) You don't sound like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not that way. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a big favor right now. Click on the follow button in whatever podcast app you're listening on. That way you'll get notifications every time I drop a new episode. And if you still can't get enough, you can go to the show notes, click the link for my newsletter, and sign up today. I'll give you one to two interesting pieces of content every single month that you won't hear on the podcast or find laying around on the internet.